Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept, and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Now in order to settle this issue of Talut being their leader, Shamuel said to his people that I will ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a sign. And that sign will be divine and you will have to accept this sign as a proof that Shamuel is a prophet. I'm sorry, Talut is, a mess, is, a, is an appointed uh, leader by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What was the proof? وَقَالَ لَهُمْ نَبِيُّهُمْ إِنَّ آيَةَ مُلْكِهِ أَنْ يَأْتِيَكُمُ التَّابُوتِ فِيهِ سَكِينَةٌ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ وَبَقِيَّةٌ مِّمَّا تَرَكَ آلُ مُوسَى وَآلُ هَارُونَ تَحْمِلُهُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَةً لَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ Surah Baqarah, verse number 248. And their Prophet said to them, Indeed a sign of his kingship is that the chest will come to you in which is assurance from your Lord and a remnant of what the family of Musa السلام, and Harun had left carried by angels. Indeed, in that is a sign for you if you are believers. So now, the sign of his uh, mulk, of him being a king, is that a, the chest, this treasure box, this, um, um, I called it a trunk, a box will come and it will be carried by angels. Now how is this a miracle? Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi writes that this trunk remained with Banu Israel for generations. And they would carry it with them whenever they went into the battlefield. However, what happened was that this trunk was taken from them by their enemies. Their enemies, when they overcame them, they took it away from them. And Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi writes, the reason why they lost this trunk wasn't because they weren't physically able of supporting it, but rather they started disrespecting this trunk and they started engaging in sins. فَكَانَ فِي بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ يَغْلِبُونَ بِهِ مَنْ قَاتَلَهُمْ حَتَّى عَصَوْ فَغُلِبُوا عَلَى التَّابُوتِ غَلَبَهُمْ عَلَيْهِ الْعَمَالِقَةِ What happened was that these people, they took this trunk with them to war. Allah always gave them victory. However, when they started becoming disobedient, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took this trunk away from them. Now how did this trunk leave them? There are two narratives. The first is that the amaliqa, these giants, these, these, these people, they came and snatched it from them. And they placed it inside their place of worship, and they kept it there, and this was something that they had in, they had in their possession now. And Nuhas, who was a famous, Nuhas, who was a famous mufassir, he says, وَالْآيَةُ فِي التَّابُوتِ عَلَى مَا رُوِيَ أَنَّهُ كَانَ يُسْمَعُ فِيهِ أَنِينَ فَإِذَا سَمِعُ ذَلِكَ سَارُوا لِحَرْبِهِمْ That one of the characteristics of this particular trunk was that it made a noise. And whenever they heard that noise, they knew it was time for them to go to war. And if they did not hear that noise, they would not go into war. So there were some unique divine characteristics about this chest, this trunk that they had, and they uh, appreciated it. Now how did this tabut return to them? We know that they lost it. How did the tabut return? So there are two narratives on how they lost it, and how they gained it as well. The first story is that the Amaliqa, their enemies, these oppressors, these massive giants, they crushed Banu Israel. They took their possessions 
And from the things they looted from Bani Israel was this trunk. They kept this trunk in their place of worship. That they would, um, they placed it inside a place of worship in which they stored their idols. However, wherever they placed this, uh, this trunk, it would actually break those idols. Those idols would just fall down, they would be broken. Something would be wrong with the idol or the other. Some historians, some mufassirun say that the effect of the tabut on the amaliqa who possessed it, the negative effect on their idols and all the signs they started seeing was a result of the dua of Shamuil alayhi salam once the people rejected talut. Shamuil alayhi salam made dua to Allah, Ya Allah, return the tabut to us. And it was at this time, فَسَأَلُوا نَبِيَّهُمْ أَلْبَيَّنَ عَلَى مَا قَالْ فَدَعَا رَبَّهُ فَنَزَلَ بِالْقَوْمِ الَّذِي أَخَذَ التَّابُوتِ دَاءٌ بِسَبِبِهِ That when that Prophet made dua to Allah, Ya Allah, return that tabut to us, that tabut became a punishment or an illness. It started bringing difficulty on the people who possessed it. And then the, the Mufassirun Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi in particular, he quotes all the different um, opinions that scholars hold on what actually happened how um, the tabut had started having a negative effect. قِيلَ وَضَعُوهُ فِي بَيْتِ أَصْنَامِهِمْ تَحْتَ صَنَمِ الْكَبِيرِ فَأَصْبَحُوا وَهُوَ فَوْقَ الصَّنَمِ وَأَخَذُوهُ فَشُدُّهُ إِلَى رِجْلَيْهِ فَأَصْبَحُوا وَقَدْ قُطِعَتْ يَدَ الصَّنَمِ وَرِجْلَاهُ So they have all these different opinions. All in all, what happened was, finally the Amalika were fed up with this tabut, this chest, and they decided to get rid of it. What did they do? فَوَضَعُوهُ عَلَى عَجْلَةٍ بَيْنَ الثورين they tied it to an animal and they sent it. And they released the animal towards the, towards the land of Banu Israel. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent angels who guided these, uh, these animals to the people hatta, um, and, until, the, until, they, until they entered upon Banu Israel. And when they saw the angels walking in with the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the tabut that they had so much trust in entering, surrounded by angels, carried on animals, they realized that Talut was a, a leader appointed by Allah, and that help was near. Imam al-Razi rahmatullahi alayhi quotes a second opinion, on what happened to the tabut and how it returned. He says, أَنَّ التَّابُوتَ سُنْدُقٌ كَانَ مُوسَى عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ يَذَعُ التَّوْرَاتَ The tabut was a chest, in which Musa السلام, placed the Torah. It was made of wood. And the people recognized it. After Musa السلام, passed away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala soon after lifted the tabut because of his anger upon Banu Israel. So in this opinion, there is nothing to do with any, any war or any enemy snatching it. Rather, it was lifted by Allah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's anger upon them. Now when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did send the tabut back, Imam al-Razi says, um, um, That Allah is going to send this chest from the heavens down. Imam al-Razi says that this um, tabut, when it came down from the heavens, it wasn't carried by any angels, neither was it carried on any animals. But now obviously this seems to contradict a very clear uh, ayah of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, تَحْمِلُهُ الْمَلَائِكَةَ What is Allah saying regarding the treasure box? That it will be carried by, carried by angels. So then he says, 
والملائكة كانوا يحفظونه والقوم كانوا ينظرون إليه حتى نزل عند طالوت وهذا قول ابن عباس He says that the malaika are said to have carried it In reality they weren't carrying it, they were just protecting it And this is the opinion and the understanding, their interpretation of the story of the tabut As related by who? Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala an. He says, وَأُضِيفَ الْحَمْلُ إِلَى الْمَلَائِكَةَ فِي الْقَوْلَيْنِ جَمِيعًا لِأَنَّ مَنْ حَفِظَ شَيْءٍ فِي الطَّرِيقِ جَازَ أَنْ يُوصَفُ بِأَنَّهُ حَمْلَ ذَلِكَ الشَّيْءٍ وَإِلَّمْ يَحْمِلُهُ And we can say it, the angels carried it even though they didn't actually carry it because they protected it. And this is common that when someone protects something, you call them the carrier of it. Like you call them حَمْلَةُ Quran. People who protect the Qur'an are also called Carriers of the Qur'an. So this is a common thing in the Arabs. They would use hamala as someone who carries something and also as someone who protects something as well. Now what were the contents of this chest? What were the contents of this trunk? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us there were two things in there. Sakina and baqiyya mimma taraka alu Musa wa alu Harun. Two things will be in there. Sakina means peace, tranquility. Baqiyya mimma taraka alu Musa. The remains of the family, the household of Musa salam and Harun salam. Imam al-Razi rahmatullahi alayhi says that the tabut had sakina in it. What is this sakina? He quotes the position of Abu Muslim. أَنَّهُ كَانَ فِي التَّابُوتِ بَشَارَاتِ مِنْ كُتُبِ اللَّهِ الْمُنَزَّلَ عَلَى مُوسَى وَهَارُونَ وَمَنْ بَعْدَهُمَا مِنَ الْأَنْبِيَاءِ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّلَامِ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ يَنْصُرُ طَالُوتَ وَجُنُودَهُ وَيُزِيلُ خَوْفَ الْعَدُوِّ عَنْهُمْ that when Allah says there was peace and tranquility in there, what that actually means is that there was a message of peace and tranquility in there. And that message was revealed to the prophets that came before and it was stored in that chest. And it was telling the people that Allah would grant them victory over their enemy and they should not fear their enemy. So it was that message of Allah that was stored in that chest that when they heard it, that would give them peace. The second opinion is, Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi quotes this one, وَقِيلَ أَرَادَ أَنَّ التَّابُوتِ كَانَ السَّبَبُ السُّكُونِ قَلُوبِهِمْ فَأَيْنَمَا كَانُوا سَكَنُوا إِلَيْهِ وَلَمْ يَفِرُّوا مِنَ التَّابُوتِ That um, the tabut, it had, a, it had a feature of bringing peace to the people. That as long as the tabut was with them, no matter how strong the enemy was, they generally wouldn't feel any fear and they wouldn't run away. So that's why they wanted this tabut. As for the second part, بَقِيَّة مِمَّا تَرَكَ آلُ مُوسَى The remains from the, from the family and household of Musa and, Fir, and, and Harun. Abu Salih says, الْبَقِيَّةُ عَصَى مُوسَى وَثِيَابُهُ وَثِيَابُ هَارُونَ وَلَوْحَانَ مِنَ التَّوْرَةِ That it was the staff of Musa السلام, and his garments, the garments of Sayyidina Harun السلام, and there were also um, parts of the Torah in there. Talut now prepares an army. He makes a call out to the people, we will be marching towards Jalut and the Amalika to claim our land back. The Mufassirun say that 80,000 people rallied together. 80,000 people gathered together. Now who were these 80,000? Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi quotes a position in which he says that everyone that was able to fight gathered together. The women stayed behind, the young stayed behind, the sick stayed behind. Otherwise, every able man took his arms and was ready to go to war. Imam Razi quotes that Talut, he only wanted people who were committed to the war. So he made an announcement. I don't want a person who is in the middle of a construction. 
Because rather than fighting, what is he going to want? Come back to his construction. وَلَا تَاجِرَ Neither do I want any business person. وَلَا مُشْتَغِلٌ بِالْتِجَارَةِ Not either someone who is even connected to tijara. وَلَا مُتَزَوِّجٌ بِإِمْرَاتٍ لَمْ يَبْنِ عَلَيْهَا And neither do I want someone who is newly married and has not consummated his marriage. وَلَا أَبْغِي إِلَّا الشَّابِ النَّشِيطِ الْفَارِغِ And I do not want but a young person who is energetic, who is clear-minded, someone who can give it their absolute best. فَاجْتَمَعَ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّنَ اخْتَارَ ثَمَانُونَ أَلْفِ And therefore, 80,000 people gather together. Now, these 80,000 people started marching with Ta'alut. And they went through deserts and hard, dry lands. As they traveled, they became thirsty. They came to Ta'alut and they said to Ta'alut, that we are thirsty. Call out to Allah that He give us water. Our animals are thirsty, they are on the brink of dying. We are thirsty, with this energy we can never go to the battlefield, we don't know if we'll even be able to make it through the journey itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُبْتَلِيكُمْ بِنَهَرِ That you will be given your, your river, you'll get your water. But, there's a condition, you can't indulge. Just enough to live, just enough to make this trip. Qatada says, النَّهْرُ الَّذِي إِبْتَلَاهُمُ اللَّهُ بِهِ هُوَ نَهْرٌ بَيْنَ الْأُرْضُنُ وَفَلَسْتِينَ Qatada says that this nahr that Allah tested them with, it is between today what we know as Jordan and Palestine. Imam al-Razi says the reason why Allah tested them, the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tested Banu Israel with this nahr was because كَانَ مَشْهُورًا مِنْ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ أَنَّهُمْ يُخَالِفُونَ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ وَالْمُلُوكُ مَعَ ظُهُورِ الْآيَاتِ الْبَاهِرَةِ it was known that Banu Israel would betray their kings and their prophets. Even though the prophets would bring clear proofs, and their kings would bring clear proofs. And this battle was so important, that there could not be someone there who would run away. There could not be someone there who would betray. So before the war even occurs, before they even reach the land of the enemy, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liyamiz Allahu al-khabitha min al-tayyib. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removes the impure from the pure. And a large number of them, they unfortunately engage and they indulge in that water. Allah told them that فَشَرِبُوا مِنْهُ No, إِنَّ اللَّهَ مُبْتَلِيكُمْ بِنَهَرِ فَمَنْ شَرِبَ مِنْهُ فَلَيْسَ مِنِّي وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتَعَامْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي إِلَّا مَنْ اِغْتَرَفَ غُرْفَةً بِيَدِي That you could take a handful and drink, but more than that, you cannot be with us anymore. And out of 80,000 people, out of 80,000 people, Only 4,000 crossed the river. Out of 80,000 people, only 4,000 crossed the river. True believers don't indulge. In particular, if you want to live a meaningful life, you have to learn to cut yourself off from your luxuries. Otherwise, you won't be able to make sacrifice. Luxuries are what will, present, what will prevent you in life from making sacrifice. There are people who I know who refuse to become mothers because they feel that by giving birth to a child, their luxuries will be gone. So they're terrified that why should I be a mother? How can I become pregnant? My life won't be the same anymore. Luxuries. Someone says, I don't, get, I don't want to get married because once I get married, responsibilities will come. I don't want to get married. I know men who say this because they're worried that by getting married, responsibilities will come. Luxuries will be gone. 
You see marriages today in our community that are miserable because there are men and women that are married and they can't understand the fact that sometimes you have to, you have to put your luxuries in the back seat and focus on your responsibilities. We have men that don't work and neither do they have any intention of working. Women that are careless and irresponsible, neither do they have any intention of being responsible or careful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give victory to people that are sincere and they work hard. Be sincere, work hard, Watch how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you victory. The condition of hidayah is jihad. You have to make a sacrifice, juhd. If there is juhd, hidayah will come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There needs to be a sacrifice. These people were not willing to even pass this little sacrifice up. And I tell you, today we can laugh at these people who drink. But I kid you not, how many of us can actually say the same for ourselves that we wouldn't have drank? How many Muslims can actually even fast in Ramadan? I know so many people who say they're not going to fast because they say, I can't give up my cigarettes. Their cigarette has a greater priority than salm, which is a fard of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are people who say openly that I won't be fasting this Ramadan because I just can't have my day without my coffee. We've indulged so much, we've, addict, we've become addicted to so many things that these things are very clearly a barrier between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those of us who do fast, what happens as soon as we do iftar? Indulge. Indulge again. It's as if the lesson of fasting in Ramadan never reached us. You need to stop indulging. This is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you futuhat. Allah gave them victory in the battlefield, very few of them. Allah gave those people victory because they didn't indulge. And Allah will give you victory too in your life. But you have to stop indulging. You need to pull back, withdraw a little bit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives victory to those that are sincere, who are willing to make a sacrifice, even if there are a few. Even if there are few. Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi, after quoting the ayah, because when they crossed, there were only 4,000 left. And that even these 4,000, when they stood in front of um, the army, of Talut, they saw this massive army. The Mufassirun, they write that وَكَانَ فِي مَا رُوِيَ فِي ثَلَاثِ مِئَةِ أَلْفَارِسِ 300,000 horsemen. 4,000 on this side, 300,000 on the other side. So out of these 4,000, 3,000 and some ran away. 3,000 and some, they left. They said there's no chance we're going to stand in front of these people and have any power. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, he said, so what remained? What remained was, 300 and some soldiers remained by the side of Talut, and this was the same number of people that stood by the side of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Battle of Badr. How many people participated in the Battle of Badr? The narrations tell us, the number was similar to the number of people who stood by the side of Talut when they faced Jalut. Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi says, That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, كَم مِن فِئَةٍ قَلِيلَةٍ غَلَبَتْ فِئَةً كَثِيرَةً بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ How many times has it happened that a small group of people overcome a large group of people with the help, with the punishment, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the permission, assistance and help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives victory not solely based on numbers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives victory based on your a'mal, based on your deeds. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said as narrated by, Ima, uh, by Abu Darda radiallahu anhu, إِنَّمَا تُقَاتِلُونَ بِأَعْمَالِكُمْ 
that you are fighting with your deeds. In the Quran, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Sahaba who were victorious in the battle of Badr, those 313 that were, that were there in the battle of Badr that had victory against you know, a thousand folks, a thousand warriors. How does Allah describe them? How does Allah characterize them? Five characteristics. What were they? Daily jogs. Very limber. They were very, you know, they were very uh, easy. They weren't too stiff. They had a lot of protein shakes. They had gym memberships. They ran marathons. No, this is not how Allah described them in the Quran. What did Allah say regarding them? This is in Surah Anfal, right after the battle of Badr. Allah describes them with five characteristics. And if these five characteristics exist in a person, that soldier is ready to, to conquer anything and anyone in the world. What are they? True believers are who? That when God is mentioned by them, their hearts begin to tremble and shake because they have a relationship with Allah. When the verses of Allah are recited by them, their faith increases. Number three, they rely on their Lord. Number four, they establish their prayer. Number five, and they spend from that which we give them. These are the true believers. They are the true believers. They have a lofty rank with their Lord. Forgiveness. And an honorable sustenance with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, وَهَلْ تُرْزَقُونَ وَتُنْصَرُونَ إِلَّا بِضُعَثَائِكُمْ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assists you and He nourishes you because of the poor people amongst you. So don't think that Allah gives you victory by numbers. If numbers is what would give you victory, then today you would have victory. Tell me today you don't have numbers. Tell me today you don't have wealth. Tell me today you don't have kingdom. Tell me today you don't have the tools. Everything is available. What you don't have are zadahu bastatan fil ilmi wal jism. You don't have that ilm. That taqwa is missing. That ability to place uh, the gift of Allah in the right place. Rather, all of the wealth that Allah has given, look where it's being used. It's a shame. Wallahi, it's a shame. We have a Muslim country, which is the host of Haramain al-Sharifain. And its neighbor, neighboring country is facing a famine caused by the custodians of the haram. What custodians of which haram? You're imposing a famine? On people, they're dying. Their skin is thinner than paper and their, their bones can fracture with one fall. And you're custodians of the haram? You'd rather spend the money and build another palace and build another billion dollar city and purchase another million dollar car and buy some... some recently, someone purchased some painting which is some silly amount of money. That's more meaningful to you? And you say that why is Allah's assistance not coming? Killing people in foreign embassies and and chopping their bodies into pieces, and that's supposed to be, you know, you are the custodians of... You should have shame when you say this, that you're custodians of Haramain al-Sharifain. Just because you provide for the finances doesn't make you custodians. Custodians were Umar radiallahu anh, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh. I know their haram wasn't too flashy, but I'll take that haram over this one any day. i take that custodian over this custodian any day. That haram was simple, but the men were strong. They had taqwa. People understood. And look at it. 
that luxurious leadership who loves to indulge in luxury, their attitude has spilled over to the hujaj who visit their custodianship too. Look at the hajis that come under their hajj leadership. And look at the hajis that came under Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu. The leaders were different, the followers were different. The leaders here are different, the followers here, the people who attend these people are also very different. Imam Qurtubi quotes the, the ayat of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us that victory comes how? إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ مُحْسِنُونَ Allah is with those who have taqwa, who are conscious of Allah. Those who have excellence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَيَنْصُرَنَّ اللَّهُ مَنْ يَنْصُرُهُ those who are there to protect this deen and stand for Allah, Allah will be there to protect them and stand for them too. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذَا لَقِيتُمْ فِئَةً When you stand in front of the army, فَثْبُتُوا وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ Stand firm and remember Allah. Allah isn't saying sharpen your swords. Stand firm and what? Even though sharpening your swords would be a good idea, you know, to continue to sharpen and make sure you're tightened up in your armor. فَثْبُتُوا وَذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ and not just wathkurullah, wathkurullah kathira. Why? لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Remember Allah abundantly, so you have victory. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make you from those that are victorious. Now this is, I keep saying Imam Qurtubi said, this is a statement I actually wanted to quote of Qurtubi. This is the one. He says, فَهَادِ I'm going to read the whole passage, then I'll summarize the translation of it. He says, فَهَادِهِ أَسْبَابُ النَّصْرِ وَشُرُوطُهُ وَهِيَ مَعْدُومَ عِنْدَنَا غَيْرُ مَوْجُودَ فِينَا فَإِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ عَلَى مَا أَصَابَنَا وَحَلَّ بِنَا بَلْ لَمْ يَبْقَى مِنَ الْإِسْلَامِ إِلَّا ذِكْرُهُ وَلَا مِنَ الدِّينِ إِلَّا رَسْمُهُ لِذُهُورِ الْفَسَادِ وَلِكَثْرَةِ التُّغْيَانِ وَقِلَّةِ الرَّشَادِ حَتَّى إِسْتَوْلَ الْعَدُوُّ شَرْقًا وَغَرْبًا بَرًّا وَبَحْرًا وَعَمَّةِ الْفِتَنِ وَعَظُمَةِ الْمِحَنِ وَلَا عَاصِمَ إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ What was that, sorry? How long ago was this? This is Imam Qurtubi rahmatullahi alayhi. Hundreds of years ago. And he's talking about the state of the world. He's saying Allah's assistance comes to people who have taqwa, people who are firm, people who do dhikr, people who, who, who stand for what's true and right. And he said, I look around me and what do I find? Hiya ma'aduma indana. None of these conditions are present in society. Ghayru mawjuda fina. It's not there at all. Fa'inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Alama asabana wa halabina. We can only complain about what the difficulty we face today and what calamities have come upon us. Today we live in a time where Islam only remains by its name. And the only thing that remains, remains from this religion is its tradition. Because corruption has become common. People and their aggressions, their oppression have increased. There is no guidance. Until now, the enemy surrounds us. And they take leadership, they take ownership. They have become the leaders from the east, from the west, barran wa bahran, in the land and also in the waters, in the oceans as well. So what do we do? And then he says at the end, وَعَمَّتِ الْفِتَنْ وَعَظُمَتِ الْمِحَنْ وَلَا عَاصِمَ إِلَّا مَا الرَّحِيمٌ And to this we say that, oh, Ya Allah, protect this ummah. Ya Allah, preserve us. We read the story in the Qur'an of what happened to the people of Talut from 80,000, only 300 and some remained. And unfortunately, that's the ratio of purity in the Ummah. So many people, how many people actually have purity? How many people are willing to make that sacrifice and do something about what's wrong and are willing to 
point the finger at themselves and say that the sacrifice doesn't need to be made by that person, rather the sacrifice needs to come from me. Allah says, فَلَمَّا بَرَزُوا لِجَالُوتَ وَجْنُودِهِ When the two armies faced, the army in front of them was massive, it was great. Those who were righteous, they were only few in numbers. They stood by one another, arm in arm, and they said, رَبَّنَا أَفْرِغَ عَلَيْنَا صَبْرًا O oh Allah, give us patience. وَثَبِّتْ أَقْدَامَنَا Make our feet strong and firm. وَنْسُرْنَا عَلَى الْقَوْمِ الْكَافِرِينَ And assist us against those who disbelieve. Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi, while commenting on this ayah, he says that, اِعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمُورَ الْمُطْلُوبَ عِنْدَ الْمُحَارَبَةِ مَجْمُوعُ أُمُورِ ثَلَاثَةٍ That there are three things that must be there when you stand in the battlefield standing in front of your enemy. Three things must be there. If you have these three things, Allah will give you victory. Three things must be there. فَأَوَّلُهَا أَنْ يَكُونَ الْإِنسَانُ صَبُورًا عَلَى مُشَاهَدَةِ الْمُخَاوِفِ وَالْأُمُورِ الْحَائِلَةِ وَهَذَا هُوَ الرُّكْنُ الْأَعْلَى لِلْمُحَارِبِ فَإِنَّهُ إِذَا كَانَ جَبَانًا لَا يَحْصُلُ مِنْهُ مَقْصُودَ أَصْلًا وَثَانِيهَا أَنْ يَكُونَ قَدْ وَجَدَ مِنَ الْآلَاتِ وَالْأَدَوَاتِ وَالْإِتِفَاقَاتِ الْحَسَنَةِ مِمَّا يُمَكِّنُهُ أَنْ يَقِفَ وَيَثْبُتَ وَلَا يَصِيرَ مُلْجَأَ إِلَى فِرَارِ وَثَالِثُهَا أَنْ تَزْدَادَ قُوَّتُهُ عَلَى قُوَّةِ عَدُوِّهِ حَتَّى يُمْكِنَهُ أَنْ يَقْهَرَ الْعَدُوِّ Three things. First thing, don't be afraid. Be patient and don't be scared. Let the fear go. You want to be a good UFC fighter? Three characteristics. You want to win a tournament in basketball or any, any competition that matters to you? Three characteristics. Number one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the opposition. Have sabr. Number two, make sure you have the right tools. Don't come to the battlefield with a spatula. That's supposed to be used there? Not here. Come with the right tools. When you come, make sure you're prepared. The third thing, make sure you have strength too. Make sure you're strong. Physically. Adawat refers to external alat, things that are other than you, make sure you have the tools, that's number two. Number three is physically, internally within yourself, make sure you're strong. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us that a strong servant is more beloved to Allah than a weak servant. Every Muslim should be strong. And it's not about going to war, no one's planning to go to war here, but for yourself. In the challenges you face, you have many opponents in life, it's not just a battlefield, you have so many opponents in life, you need strength in your life. You need to be a strong person, a fearless person. You become fearless by trusting Allah. And then you choose the asbab because tawakkul isn't just relying on Allah, but making sure you have your sword in your hand, making sure you have what you need, making sure you have your laptop if you're a journalist or, or someone who writes so you can write properly, a journalist so you can write properly. You need to have your tools with you. And then you need to make sure you have the strength. If you're going in the battlefield, your strength is your physical strength. And if you're battling with people in an, on an intellectual level, your strength is where? Your ilm. It's your knowledge. We have too many pseudo-scholars in our community, unfortunately. People who act as if they're scholars and know nothing at all. Very few people that actually know something. And if you want to represent this deen properly, you have to stop studying the deen from the surface. You need to start reading things thoroughly. Read it properly. 